Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Uh, let's do it. You pumped? You ready? You're going to get a good, do a good podcast. Mm. I lack talent. I think that's my main problem in life, eh? I wish I had some, but um, yeah, I don't have any talent. What are you up to? Well, ready. To, I'm ready to start the podcast. Yeah, I'm ready too. I'm just uh, not 100. I'm sorry. It's playoff time, baby. Yeah. How are you going, man? Yeah, good. Not good? No, I said good. Yeah, you did a big sigh before you did it. I said, yeah, good. Yeah, I know, but your your words said one, and your, inf- your inflection and tone said another thing. Well, go with the words. Okay, well, let's go with some words and talking about the uh, first round of the NBA playoffs, because it is banging. It's time for the Week in Review. Week in Review. Play this thing. Where do you, I already I just did. Oh, well, I can't hear anything. Can you not? Well, I can't hear the sting. I can hear you. Did you hear the intro sting? Oh, who cares? What, what no. playoff series do you want to start with? Um, Thunder, Portland. <laughs> Why that? First thing I said. That's a shocker, right? Why? Oh, well, Thunder are going out like idiots. You must be loving it. Is that why? Is what you didn't have LeBron to hate on anymore, so get your Westbrook hate out there? Yeah, it's not hate. It is hate. No, it's if it's justified, then it's then it's fine. Well, today it was justified as the Thunder go down 2-0 and Russell Westbrook finishes with 11 points and, yeah, looking real, looking real, looking real bad out there. Yeah. I, I I want to focus on the positive. Let's be happy for CJ and Damian Lillard. They're off to a good start. Because last year when they got swept by the Pelicans, it was so depressing. And it's it's nice to see those guys who are who are much who are very lo- some of the most lovable characters in the games. Um, I'll never forget when CJ McCollum, <laughs> um, when CJ McCollum and the Blazers got um, they just the Blazers account d- just. Um, Who's that white guy who plays for Memphis and is terrible? Chandler Parsons. And so Chandler Parsons um, dissed him at the playoffs. Um, and he said, good luck in the lottery. And CJ McCollum said, we hit the lottery and we didn't sign you. So good. Yeah. Um, I've loved him forevermore. So I'm glad to see him having a bit of a bit of success. I mean, I don't want to count my chickens. I still want to see them win a game in o- Oklahoma City before um, I get too excited about I'm, it. He had a great call when he when Jennifer was like, win a game in the playoffs. And then he was like, I'm trying to, Jennifer. That was also a great call. That, was she just a person um, Was she just a person from like Twitter? Or was it a famous? Yeah. She famous? No, no, it was just some woman on Twitter. <laughs> and he said, I'm trying to, <laughs> Jennifer. <laughs> he seems like one of the coolest guys. It's, it's actually weird that Portland doesn't get more exposure or publicity during the year because they're one of the coolest teams. They're like mm. hipster city, um, you know, a, an exciting backcourt, and Lillard is like a thrilling player to watch. And just for whatever reason, I guess winning, they just haven't featured on the radar for a long time. And so, hopefully, if they get out of the first round, like they'll get the the cred they deserve because they are a they are a, a lovable, lovable team. Yeah, I saw a film the other night uh, called Everybody Missing Link. No, it was called Missing Link, mm-hmm. and it's an animated film made by an animation studio called Laika. And Laika is, I, I believe, founded, or, yeah, yeah, founded by a guy called, well, the president and CEO is a guy called Travis Knight, 
who was the son of Phil Knight, the Nike dude. This is weird how rich kids um, just start film studios now. Yeah, but um, in the film, the main character, Hugh Jackman, actually traveled to hunt for the Bigfoot. He traveled to... They didn't really say, but on the map, you could tell it was uh, Oregon. Hmm. And afterwards, I just realized that was kind of interesting because I assume this boy, this man, had um, grown up in in Oregon. Please tell me the point of the story. That's the point of it. What, the, the man in the movie grew up in Oregon? No, that there's Travis Knight, the son of Phil Knight. Yeah. His film... T- Traveled all around the world, went to India, France, uh, Nepal, and Oregon. Yeah, and it's the, interesting. The point, and the point is that the um, Portland Trailblazers are also largely based in Oregon as well. Yeah. Oh well, that, um, thank you for that interesting insight. I will say that it's quite like if you're a rich kid and you don't have a lot of talent, you're kind of in a weird position because you can't just go to be a receptionist or something like that. Like, where society should probably... I don't mean... Who knows? Maybe Phil Knight's kids are exceptional and this is an asshole thing to say. But, like, you know, there's a lot of rich kids out there who are incredibly rich um, based on their family they were born into but aren't really super talented. And if that's the case, then maybe going into film producing and using your parents' wealth to... um, make movies that you like is kind of a genius strategy, right? Yeah, I feel like you're looking at it quite pessimistically. I think that maybe people from extremely wealthy upbringings maybe just have more... Have stories that need to be told. No, no, I was going to say that, he, you know, he was he was obviously probably given a lot of kind of opportunities and... And, you know, you can do anything kind of thing. So he was like, I want to do clay animation. Oh does, he, oh, does he actually do the... Was he the producer or does he the director or the... What was he? I couldn't say, man. Just let's move on. <laughs> you got, well, I just, I just thought I compared it to Larry Ellison's daughter, who's like a really good indie filmmaker. Uh, but just as a producer, because what's your talent? You're rich. Um, yeah, right. Uh, okay, so is that is that what we have to say about the uh, Portland... Uh, Thunder series that we're happy for Portland and that um, Phil Knight's uh, the founder of Nike's son makes films that, in claymation that are sometimes set in Oregon yeah what, what, what series do you want to talk about next uh, Spurs Nuggets I love this because it's confirming what I said that the Nuggets are going to struggle because they're young and experienced while also being potentially the best series of the first round. It's tied one all with the most amazing performance today by... Um, Jamal Murray? Thank you for saying that, because you knew I was going to struggle there, eh? I was just watching it as well. That's, a, that's My inability to recall names, I need to do like a some sort of course on recall. I don't know if they do courses for recalling names, but um, I, I know his arrow. face. I could describe his face. He's got like a weird kind of out of fashion like mini afro and the worst goatee you've ever seen it's like david brent's goatee and that's his, <laughs> that's what he's decided to wear it's like that's what i find weird about nuggets i mean the shivers this podcast is going way out of out of control already and not talking about the basketball but basketball is tedious talking about players haircuts fascinating um yeah. Gary Harris. It's not so much his haircut. He's just—he's a very forgettable guy. But that's just such a ridiculous. If you're going to write a character for an office sitcom or drama, and you want to write a really bland character who's not interesting, Gary Harris is a perfect name for him. Hmm. And it's just like the name is so forgettable. I think. I mean, it definitely wouldn't pass your um, test for being a good NBA player. And I know he is a good NBA player, but it really—it really negatively taints my branding of him, and hmm. it really limits his ceiling because, like, who's going to buy? Gary Harris sneakers, you know? Yeah. The star of that team, of course, Jokic, who maybe is still... Is he still struggling a little bit? Did he struggle today, or was he uh, a little bit better? He nearly tripled up, 21 points, 13 rebounds, oh, 8 assists. He struggled in game 1A. Eh? He, um... Uh, yeah. Jokic is fascinating, um, because... Oh, my God, I can't believe I'm saying this. 
Um, I don't think there's enough logo and number on the front of his jersey. He's a portly right. man, and um, the number... Oh, he's just out of shape. The logo, that's what I meant by portly, right. and the number, for an, by an NBA, NBA stands, I mean, he's in better shape than me, so I can't talk. But, like, if you've got, like, a... The logo and number is the same on everyone's jersey, but for him, he's so massive, and he's got, like, quite a large kind of belly that, as a result, there's just acres of white fabric there, and it's a real... I'm just saying to Nike people, maybe make his number a bit bigger to take up some of that real estate. Right. I hope you've got Isn't... something more intelligent to say than what I just said, because I'm embarrassed I recorded that. Uh, I haven't watched either of the games. Good on you, mate. Why'd we start with those ones? Well, we're slowly building. There's a lot of games to get through. Do we, do we, we go right to a bit of Magic Mayhem right now? Uh, no, what about um, the Clippers Warriors? the podcast? Clippers Warriors. Okay, i got a hot take on this and some actual basketball insight. I reckon yeah. this narrative that the Clippers come back yesterday is... Uh, a real red herring and a big crop, crock of shit, right? So game one, Warriors just beat the shit out of the Clippers. Game two, the Warriors beat the shit out of the Clippers. And unfo- unfortunately for the Warriors, the Clippers pulled off. And it was awesome, don't get me wrong. They pulled off the greatest comeback in playoff history and leveled the series one all. But I, I think it's mm-hmm. what's getting really lost here is the bit where the Warriors are just beating the shit out of the Clippers. And hey, maybe game three, back in Los Angeles, where the Warriors beat the shit out of the Clippers every time historically, and Steph Curry never misses. Um, maybe the Clippers have figured out some sort of formula that they can carry into game three. But more likely, the Warriors are just going to continue to steamroll these mother effers, and oh, yeah. this time no, they won't sleep on them. I don't think people are saying that the Clippers are going to win the series now. Mm. There's more just a standalone incredible comeback. And it was cool to see um, that guy, fill in his name, do what well. Guy? Well, who was the star of the Clippers? Um, oh, Lou Williams. Lou Williams. Is he the guy with two girlfriends? Oh, yeah. He, he used, I don't know if he still has that. But, um, yeah, him and Montrez Harrell scored 61 points off the bench, which is pretty crazy. But it's, just, it's cool to see Lou, Lou Williams, a player who, like, get, you know, unfortunately gets tarred. And don't get me wrong, Jamal Crawford was a good player. But like a, a go nowhere player, like probably near. I can't think of when Jamal Crawford was ever on a good team. I guess I guess he played for those Clippers teams. I guess he was a good, he was six man of the year, wasn't he? I'm disrespecting him a little bit too much, but Jamal Crawford was never really like a serious star who never got shine on his own right. Like he played a uh, he played a nice role, but it was cool to see for a night Lou Williams be like a a superstar. And who knows? Maybe next year if the Clippers run back the same team and don't sign a big free agent, maybe he can be an all-star because yeah he's getting his he's getting his five minutes of fame that he deserves yeah warriors are um crazy good though i mean they go up that 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 deficit and that happens sometimes um yeah. four charge fouls. do you see do you see um uh durant had nine turnovers and four charges wow That's so, a lot of charges. Assume, so four of those turnovers were charges I yeah um and DeMarcus Cousins out for the year. Tragic. I don't really like DeMarcus Cousins and think he deserves all the bullshit he gets because he's just such a dingbat. But it's still, you don't want to see a guy get um, injured like that. And, uh, I mean, on the positive side, it does, like, weaken the Warriors a little bit or just take away. Mm. It doesn't really, it probably actually, to be fair, it probably strength. I mean, I mean, I said it, it strengthened them ridiculously, so I can't change my opinion now, but... I mean, it maybe even strengthens them, him going away, because maybe it means they play more op- optimal lineups. I don't know. Mm. Hey, why are we beating around the bush? Nets, 76 Oh, my gosh. Jesus Christ. Um, yeah. This is, who knows? I'm ex- this is the probably the most anticipated game three I have, just because I actually don't know which way it's going to swing. Obviously, the Nets looking really good in game one, and then the Sixers killing them game two. The Sixers have so much talent that, like, Tobias Harris hasn't really, like, shown his hand yet. Like, he could heat up in Game 3. It's hard to imagine the Sixers losing on talent, but, um, I mean, I'm sure everyone pretty much in the world besides people from Philadelphia are pulling for the Nets to come through on that one. It's such a good story, eh? Oh, the Nets are awesome. And I'm I'm still saying, if KD is desperate to leave Golden State, that's where he's got to go. Can we, can we um, get to Magic versus Raptors now? Well, is that every other series? What about Houston and the... Uh, there's like three other series. What's happening? We, 
what's happening in Houston? I don't know. Anything good? I actually can't even remember. Is that have they even had two games? Oh yeah, they bet the Jazz by thirty-two. No, nah, the game two must be tomorrow probably. The poor old Jazz, eh? And then the Pistons look horrible. Oh yeah, they're not good at basketball. Well, they were missing Blake Griffin as well, right? Yeah, still wake up. No, they, no but they no, but they were literally they scraped into the eighth seed. I mean, they finished below yeah. the Magic, and they were a hundred percent reliant on one guy who was injured for the game. So. Is he coming back? What's you going to do? I don't know, but it's pretty sad. Blake Griffin, put him in the Bo- Boogie Cousins camp of unlikable dudes who seem to be cursed to fail forever based on just terrible injury luck and, I mean, terrible trade luck. Like, yeah. Yeah, grim. And then there was the very low-scoring game one of an 84-74 win the Celtics over the Pacers. Oh, I am emba- like I, I say embarrassing things on this podcast all the time. It's this po- podcast is not super well planned or thought thought through, like all the best things in life. And I, me saying the Pacers had a chance of pulling the upset in this series, and I was trying to do a hot take, but that was a very spicy. Like that was, I regretted that as soon as the podcast finished recording. I was like, I can't believe I said that. And, I mean, it was lucrative. I mean, they weren't that far off the Celtics, but they probably looked like they're going to get swept in four or five. And I can't believe I had any... Just watching the start of that game and going, how did I pick this team to beat the Celtics? I mean, don't worry, the Celtics are a shambles. And who knows, maybe the Pacers get up for game two. But um, the Pacers have very... Without Oladipo in the lineup, they are pretty... You're really putting a lot of weight on Bogdan Bogdanovich, which is probably more weight than his shoulders can hold. Right. I still think the Celtics are going to come right as well. This is your this is your job though. You're supposed to when I say ludicrous things like the Pacers are going to beat the Celtics, you're supposed yeah. to go. You're an effort, mate. No, I I said Celtics are still going to go all the way. Oh, you still think the Celtics are going to make the after seeing the Bucks? Um, well, nah. It's I mean the Celtics didn't look great. I don't think, but I still feel like they're going to figure it out. The Pacers are probably one of the worst teams in the playoffs. Um, not not counting the Pistons. Pistons are the worst by a mile. Um, then probably Pacers. Okay. It's, Do you know who it's, I didn't say was the worst? Well, yeah, I was just about to go into it. It's time. The, the Toronto Raptors. Right about that time. I'm right about that time for, for the stars, stars to roll on and out. Where do you want to start with your Magic Mayhem, your review of the Atlanta Magic? Uh, game one. Amazing. Incredible. I had a feeling the night before when I was going to bed, I just had a feeling inside. I was like, the Magic are going to do this. They're going to take game one in Toronto, came down to the last two seconds. DJ Augustine, before the season started, all Magic fans were talking about was how can we get a new point guard? Who can we get? Oh, Isaiah Thomas. I was like, these guys are crazy. Um, who, Terry Rozier, yeah, no thank you. I, I wrote a comment saying he's perfect for us. He's exactly what we need. Cut the nonsense. And DJ Augustine put the team on his back, and got that W. You you actually said earlier in the season, you, you said he was the third best point guard or something. What did you say? What was your, it was a bizarre claim you made. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, and he actually did come through in game one, 25 points, including the huge three that like literally iced the game. So it was, it was scores tied, and I was watching on my cell phone in a van driving in the north upper north line of New Zealand, and the light was kind of striking my eyes in such a way and my screen brightness wasn't turned up enough and I actually thought the shot missed and I was like, oh great, we're going to overtime, the Raptors are going to win. They dodged a bullet here. It had gone in and just the crowd was so silenced that you couldn't tell it had gone in because they were just like, oh. he statued them. It's uh, Yeah, it's that's going to go down as I think one, one of the iconic Orlando Magic clips uh, and shots. What are the and... other iconic Orlando Magic clips that exist? There's a great one where Hedo hits a game winner, uh, I think against the Sixers. That time, um, silences the crowd as well. The mascot um, tried to ski down the stairs and like it went terribly wrong, and he like smashed into some fans. 
Um, he, uh, that time Dwight Howard had that awkward press conference with Stan Van Gundy about whether he was going to leave or not, and he was just lurking around. No. Why did you ask a question, and now you're just doing weird burns? Um, uh, the steal from Jordan, and then uh, results in a Horace Grant dunk. Um, 1996. Yeah, 1996. Then, uh, man, there's been some big shots. Rashad Lewis had a huge one against the Cavs in 2009. And this is right there. This is right there, game one. The Orlando Magic Um, is the only playoff team in the East, uh, the only team in the East that um, LeBron James didn't beat in a playoff series. Yeah, that's probably going to stay that way. Yeah. Okay, game two. Okay, I love how that was your summary as well. Um, there was other interesting things from that game, um, yeah. but I mean... Okay, yeah, yeah, let's talk some more. The game Magic, one. The Magic pulled out an amazing comeback, but um, yeah. all the yeah. focus was on Kyle Lowry, who remained it's, scoreless. And it just annoyed me so much. People yeah. just... It's poor sportsmanship, I think, to to just ignore any sort of positives for the Magic and just attack your own player like that. Who, who and the I've player? never seen a fan base... Raptors fans. Yeah. They were mocking him at the start of this game. When he when he made his first three throw, they all went crazy. Yeah. And as a result, man, I've always kind of liked Kyle Lowry. Yeah. I'll get to it later. But um Okay, uh firstly he was I I actually did a post did you do any Reddit posts this week? No. Okay, because I actually I did a post defending Kyle Lowry after game one. Yeah. Uh, he was when he was on the court. The Raptors won by 11 points. His replacement, Fred VanVleet, when he was on the court, they lost by 16. Kawhi, they lost by two. Siakam, they lost by four. Yeah, you're doing the plus Danny minus. Green, yes, plus you minus. You can't take the plus minus of just one game. It's not a very reliable statistic. I mean, but I think if you're attacking the guy with your best plus minus, it's crazy. Uh, you're attacking looked, a guy who scored zero points. Yes, he's a point guard. Yeah. Okay. So you're. Yeah. So, so what Lowry was... missed seven shots, right? He took and missed seven shots. Yeah. Okay. Aaron Gordon missed seven shots. Terrence Ross missed nine shots. Yeah, these guys. Even Fournier trash. and Nick Vucevic, all-star Nick Vucevic, both missed eleven shots. Yeah. And th- those guys aren't good either. But you, what you got to remember here is the. It's interesting because Scott Scott, did you, was your post the Scott Skiles one? Or the, what's the name of the coach of the Magic? Um, Steve Clifford, sorry. Steve Clifford. Sorry, they've changed coach so many times, I've, I've forgotten. Um, Steve Clifford, uh, his comments were big on NBA Reddit, him defending Kyle Lowry, which was so weird. I, I just don't remember when an opposing te- team's coach rushes to the defense of, uh, like, normally the... Ho- the, the, well, the he's the class act. He's a, well, he, he, he was using very much the same argument that you did, that he was a good basketball player and he was helping start their dri- drive and stuff like that. But Lowry is so much more than that. So this has literally been, I don't know how many years he's been at the Raptors, but like he is a $33 million a year player, the leader of a team, to go scoreless, to only attempt seven shots and not make any of them is like, is like already a story, right? But on top of that, he is part of a legendary duo known as the Trash Bros. And they are famous for shitting the bed in the playoffs and not showing up, being a great regular season team and being terrible. And the Raptors are famous for choking in the playoffs. Like probably the biggest, I'd say they're the biggest playoff chokers uh, in recent history, famous for losing to massively understrength Brooklyn teams and then surviving that and getting killed by Paul Pierce and the next year reaching um, the playoffs again only to face um, Paul Pierce this time. This is Paul Pierce who's like 48 years old playing for the Washington Wizards, who destroyed them there too. It was like, you know, the Washington Wizards, the worst team in the world, the John Wall and Bradley Beal. Like, I mean, the the Raptors have just been an absolute nightmare in the playoffs for about six years. And this year they traded DeRozan and uh, bought an, an all-star cast. And they're like, this year's our year. And if they, crap, they lose in game one and Cole Lowry has a b- bad game, then it's not surprising that he's c- catching a lot of heat. And while I don't think he was as bad as, obviously on the internet say is it was still you know it was still a, an unmitigated disaster and I'm surprised he didn't comment on it a little bit I, like he didn't really like own up to it he should have said on to the next kind of one but like I think his comments after the game 
being not too negative about it kind of stoked the fires further. And I'm glad to see him bounce back in game two, but I also think he deserves a lot of criticism if the playoffs don't go well for him. Cool. It's also kind of sad though because like you, you look, he is a human and he's a very likable. He's the mm. he's the face of the Raptors really, and to, so to see him constantly struggle in the playoffs where he's got like some sort of mental deficiency, is um, yeah. is is kind of sad. Um, so game two, on to game two, and Cole Lowry improved dramatically. Yeah. So the Raptors came out with a game plan, and it was to foul on every position as much as possible and to hope to get away with it, and it paid off. <laughs> it was ridiculous. It wasn't basketball, and we were not given a chance. Oh, so That's all the, I'll say. Do you think the, the refs robbed the Magic in game two? Well, I, I couldn't believe online when I saw people saying, oh, they're calling everything on the Raptors. No crap. They are holding... There was a one play... Where a shot went up, we're down 32 points in the fourth quarter. A shot goes up, uh, Michael Carter-Williams has inside positioning on Kyle Lowry, who's standing behind him. Kyle Lowry just intentionally grabs his arm, his wrist, and holds his arm down behind his back. Extremely dangerous. It's like how guys dislocate their shoulders and pull their shoulders out of their sockets. Michael uh, Michael Carter-Williams rips it, tries to rip his arm free, succeeds, Kyle Lowry instantly cries to the ref a loose ball foul and a technical foul called on Michael Carter-Williams. Nothing on Lowry. Unacceptable. Lowry complained after every call the the entire game. Screamed at the refs through tantrums. How he didn't receive a single technical is beyond me. I was defending the guy. The guy's a clown. Okay. Wow, you've really gone... um... From one one coast to the other, yeah, that was uh, that was impressive. The guy is a clown. <laughs> Who he's been to... horrible in the playoffs his whole career. <laughs> I've heard the he used to be a, a group called the Trash Bros. Um, he's out of shape. He's chubby. He's out of shape. Okay, You're a professional okay. basketballer. Okay, well, it was a brutal loss uh, for the Magic. Um, Aaron Gordon played a good game, though it seemed, or on the stat sheet anyway. Yeah. Um, well, we just can't, we couldn't shoot. We missed. Even if we just make free throws, it's do, a different game. Do you not? Do you not think that? Um, do you not think that it was a miracle how well the Magic shot game one though? No, we we got shooters. Well, but, not Michael Carter Williams. Well, he had like two. He he. he even how often does DJ Augustine score twenty five points in the regular season? Like not often. Well, right? Well, no, but usually the other guys... Like, that's what I was saying. In the Kyle Lowry defense post, I was like, Aaron Gordon had a shocker. Even Fournier had a shocker. Vucevic had a shocker. They're on a winning team. Yeah, I know. But it was crazy that one player for the Raptors didn't, like, miss shots when the Magic had much bigger problems. And just because we won. But that's the right the ball in the air argument, right? Like... Um, you should you shouldn't judge it on the final result that was decided in the last twenty seconds. You should judge it on the whole game, but no one ever does that. And it was mm. just it's just the the narrative. There's no narrative surrounding Aaron Gordon. I, I, I guess besides yeah. the fact that he's a bit disappointing and he's a good dunker, but like there's yeah. no playoff. Na- it was probably his first playoff game, am I right? So you're not surprised if he has a bit of a shocker. Whereas Lowry has been yeah. doing this for for years. Um, uh, so the big story, I think, from the Magic's perspective in terms of player personnel and disappointments would be Vucevic, right? He's getting locked down by we, yeah, yeah. Mark Gasol, but, um, and he can't do shit. Yeah. Well, he forced... At least he didn't... I didn't think he forced it as much in this game, but uh, he only took seven shots, which is is better, because it's better that than him throwing up the, some of the shots he threw up in game one. But, uh Yeah. The Mag- you've got to be a little bit happy, though. The Magic got the job done. Um, oh, yeah, we're got, looking good. home court advantage. You get a road, yeah, yeah, a road win's good. I just wish they hadn't been got blown out as much as they did. Like, they took them so long to even score today. They, I mean, they knew it was going to... I feel like they came out timid. Uh, Fournier had said... Uh, sorry, Augustine had said this was going to be our, our hardest... 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Game we've ever played, game two, because they knew the Raptors were going to come out fired up. But it's like we also we just didn't bring that, as what, that kind of uh, um, foul on every possession mentality. If I um, messenger, though, you were, you were saying pretty positive things about the Magic at home. You're feeling optimistic? Well, yeah. We're 13-1 and one over our last 14 games. I think we can turn it around. We just need to make shots. Like, we uh, we shot a terrible... We shot, like, 50% from the free-throw line, and we shot... Uh, and people... Online argument was that the riffing was in the Magic's favor because we were shooting more free-throws despite scoring less points in the paint. But that logic just doesn't make sense because if you're getting fouled in the paint, chances are you're not making points in the paint. When if you're not getting fouled in the paint, chances are you are. So it just that logic is, cra- is crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Do you want to um, share your Reddit post now or is that, have you pretty much already shared it in that post? How should we move on to that segment? Oh, have you got one? I'm sorry, man. I didn't do one. Well, mine. Yeah, I basically shared it. I'm so it um, was... I'm so busy. I've been uh, I've been up up north, um, uh, filming, trying to find a magic dolphin, Opo. Did you know that that Opononi? There's a know. small town up north that had a magic dolphin. Nah. Turns out it died 64 years ago, and I was wasting my time. But it was a good adventure that I went on. Um, right. Uh, I was gonna say. Uh, do you watch Game of Thrones? Uh, I did, but episode one of season six. What? what? Are you, so you're, okay. So you're a season behind. Two seasons. Oh, shit. And you, you're trying to catch up so you can watch the final episode with everyone else? Because I think this season's only like six episodes long. No, I don't need to catch up. It was just a coincidence that I got back into it. The sa- <laughs> at the same time that everyone else is watching it. Don't you think, aren't you worried about spoilers, though? That's your biggest fear in life. Uh, well, I, I stay off. Like I stay off. Here's media. the suck thing about um about League Pass is that y- you obviously are paranoid because you watch your games like three days after they happen, so you're paranoid about spoilers. It's your biggest passion in life. But other mates we have who watch um teams religiously, Matt, who's a who's a douchebag who just loves the Thunder regardless and doesn't re- accept any criticism about them whatsoever. I'd love to send him a text going, how should of the thunder, but I know that he won't have watched it and it'll look like a massive asshole. And Andrew, I'd just like to say, told you so about the Nuggets, even though they got game two, um, they're doing it in such a, like a, the way the Nuggets are playing. And I don't think they're looking bad. I don't, I don't think they're guaranteed to lose the series, but... Um, uh, well, I think they have one of the hardest... I, I just always think, come playoff time, the Spurs... It's so dangerous. Nah, since Duncan's left, they've been pretty. They've been pretty shaky. Um, but the Nuggets just like they should have probably won Game One too. They just make so many amateur mistakes because they are amateurs. Like they're like they're literally rookies to the playoffs. I'd argue so they're struggling. I'd argue that they are in a, a team fully of basketball professionals. Oh, they're but, they're rookies. The playoff rookies. Yeah, I'm not going to go into my Reddit post. It didn't do well. Um, Raptor fans, anything anti kind of Raptor fans or Raptors? Why are they... Raptors fans getting the hard time? Because that's just online. I think it's not the no. I think Raptor fans have become one of the most insufferable. Have maybe surpassed the Lakers on Reddit as some no, of the most insufferable your, fans. What about the um? What about the Philly fans who booed their own team? Oh yeah, that's bad. But I mean, the so, Raptors basically did the same to Kyle Lowry. They didn't boo him, did they? Oh, but when he hit his first free throw, they all went crazy. And Cheers, yeah. Well, that would have fired you, you up. You've got to remember, Paul, this is sports, and it's supposed to be fun. And I stand by the Philly fans for booing the Sixers. Like, you pay money to go see a game, and if they're getting the shit kicked out of them and not stepping up, then it's fun to have a good old boo. I love it. Yeah. 
It's like part of the spirit of the game, isn't it? I feel like you're saying yeah, but you don't agree. Nah, not really. Um, I think, well, I mean, if your team's just not trying, I could understand it. But in game one of a playoffs, it seemed a bit much. No, but I, I, it's also like a bullying motivation technique, right? The idea is that you light a fire under the team. Obviously, that fa- failed. I'm enjoying the potential train wreck that the 76ers look like they're going to be. Like, it's really funny that Jimmy Butler scored 35 in the first game and no one else did shit. Um, and I, I mean, he, he leveled out in the second game. But um, uh, they've got problems, obviously, just because Embiid's injured. But like I really rate Simmons, but like he's gonna—he's so young that he is gonna struggle in the playoffs. And I'm enjoy enjoying watching that unfold, where they've got this horrible mix of like win now munters, Jimmy Butler, and young guys who are gonna make mistakes, Ben Simmons, and like it's just such a fantastic recipe for dysfunction. It's I love it. Yeah. Well, if I'm Tobias Harris, and I'm getting booed at home in my in game one. I am uh, taking my talents to Brooklyn in the offseason. It looks like Elton Brand, and I didn't like Colangelo either, but it lo- and I loved Elton Brand as a player. I was a big Clippers fan. We met him. We met him. And I, I would say that he has just butchered the process so badly where the Sixers, I mean, they've got a lot of talent on their roster now, I guess, but it looks like if they can only re-sign one of Butler or Harris... Neither looks like a great fit for the team at this stage. I mean, I could be wrong. I mean, it's just yeah. having three all-stars on your team has got to be, or four at the moment, has, has got to be good for you. But um, it doesn't look like that complimentary a bunch of all-stars. And the, the young no. all-players they traded away for that seem like, it's, it's, it, look, it looks like a bit of a mistake, if you ask me. Yeah, I think Covington was it was a shame they got rid of Covington and Darius Saric. The weird thing is their slogan was trust the process, and then they just did, they did the opposite of trusting the process, didn't they? They fired the guy yeah. who was masterminding the process, Hinky, and they put in a new guy who didn't trust the process, and they put in a new guy after that who didn't who trusted the process. Even the last mm. guy was trusting the process. Yeah. What about this though? D'Angelo Russell, Joe Harris at shooting guard. Small forward, Kevin Durant. Power forward, Tobias Harris. Center, Jarrett Allen. Spencer Dinwiddie, Levert, Hollis Jefferson off the bench. The reason this is such an annoying concept is that there's no rumors of Durant going to... Yeah, I'm trying to start them. Okay. Well, I'm going to start Durant a to Brooklyn. Too. You heard it here first. I'm going to start a rumor. Kyrie to Charlotte. With Kimba still there? Yeah, man. Killer backcourt of gunning point guards. I don't like it. I think. It oh, I hope Kimba. Pray for, I mean, we shouldn't be talking about Kimba or teams out of the playoffs, but pray. I pray Kimba gets out of Charlotte. I know he's got a chance to be the best ever Hornets player, so you might have a different take on this. But like, I'd love to see him have some sort of fun in the game of basketball, besides just being the best player on a shit team. Yeah, where should Kimba go? Just anywhere, just like literally anywhere. Go to the Lakers and be part of that shit show for you. I don't care. Just give it a try. Go to New York because isn't he from New York? Go to New York, or maybe he's just loved in New York because he had good performances in college in the yeah. Garden and he's done well for the Hornets in the Garden. Go to New York and be part of a shit show, but at least be part of a glamorous shit show as opposed to being part of a the, the disaster that is the um, Charlotte Hornets, another team that should be relegated from the league. Send him to Phoenix, just anywhere, just just a change of uniform and a change of scene. But I thought that would go against your mantra, Paul, that you're like, you know, be a Hornets life and be the greatest ever Hornets player and be known for that and nothing yeah, else. I'd, I'd like him to stay in Charlotte and, and try and build something. But the, the, they can't build anything because the team's terrible. They're, they're, they're stuck under the weight of a few bad contracts. They're, they're effed. He needs to, like, he, he, it's, it's a shame, but because the front office is so, so bad that he, he's got to go. It's the same with Anthony Davis, although he's being less of an arsehole about it than Anthony Davis was being. Yeah. I don't know where, where would be a good place for him to go. Do you give a shit? Well, you were, last week you were coming with some hot, hot takes. You were, yeah, that'd be nice. That'd be really nice, actually. Or bring Blake Griffin to. Blake Griffin to Charlotte. Maybe they can do a salary dump. Surely um, those salaries, those bad... Because I feel like those bad Hornet salaries have haunted them for like four years, which I guess is what bad salaries do, and that's why you have to include a player to get rid of them. 
Um, mm. But surely they must be expiring contracts that are tradable soon. Like, how long yeah. was Nicholas Batum signed for on a contract? Like, he hasn't been relevant since, like, it feels like the Rio de Janeiro Olympics, which were, like, yeah, 2000 and... When were they? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, they've got a lot of money. Uh, looking at their roster, they have got a lot of money tied up in Nicholas Batum and Bismack Biombo. Biombo! <laughs> uh, and, yeah, they're, they're giving quite a bit to Marvin Williams, Cody Zeller, Michael Kidd-Gilchrist... They've got a, they, yeah, a lot of money tied up in those guys. Can I throw out a, 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 a controversial concept? Yeah. Controversial idea. I reckon we take the Magic Mayhem Sting, which is so good, but unfortunately, it's the best part of the show, undoubtedly. We played it twice last week. But it doesn't, unfortunately, mention any current Magic players. Why don't we make mm-hmm. that the theme song to the show, and then you make a new Magic Mayhem Sting with all the great highlights you picked up from this year, one that goes Vucevic or something like that, and um, and then we have two amazing, st- you know, fun for you. Get to make a new sting. Yeah, okay, maybe I'll think about it. It will get the show. It'll really get. The, it'll, it'll lift up the ratings. It'll be tell your friends by the way. Recommend. Yeah, you. okay. Um, guyimportgmail.com if you want to send in um, any emails or anything like that, any questions, any thoughts, any ideas. Um, but before we got to any emails, I just wanted to give you a chance to do a segment we haven't done in a long time. Do you want to step into the fantasy forest? and tell us um, how your season finished. Yeah, okay. I didn't plan for it. Is the music playing? Yeah, it's playing, bro. Okay, make sure it's not too loud. Uh, okay, so basically, uh, come playoffs, uh, had injuries going into the playoffs, uh, managed to get to the third seed. Finished third overall, yeah. And then just the injuries just proved too much. Who were you, who I, were you injured players? Oh, I can't. Even, it was quite a long time ago now. I, I can hardly remember. But uh, I had to drop. Um, Otto Porter got injured. Jaron Jackson Jr. was out for the year. Um, Robert Covington was my best player. He was out. I had to drop him. Yeah, I right, uh, I had a bunch. I had to bring in. I had I finished the season with like Jalen Brunson on my team, Rodion Kurek. <laughs> Jalen Brunson, I've never even heard of that mother ever. No, neither. Oi, um, but, more importantly though, which one of the dingbats in your league won? Please tell me. Ah, uh, nah, nah, nah. He he was tanking <laughs> for 2000 next year. Was... Um, but I I I am definitely um retiring from that league. <laughs> I think it's. I was the GM as well, but it was an absolute mess. Yeah, it was like and, it's like um, um it's like uh your fantasy league. What's it called? It was called the NKFBA. It was like um uh that league, that fantasy league, it was like um Camelot in um, Monty Python Search for the Holy Grail, Quest for the Holy Grail. It was um they're like, let us on second thoughts, let's not go to Camelot. Tis a silly place. Your fantasy league was a very silly place full of very silly people who tank who's tanking in fantasy like it's it's unprecedented it's i guess i guess if you've got a lot of friends who've been doing it for a long time maybe it makes sense but to do it every second year pathetic um, um should get to emails I, I, well i'd like to launch a new fantasy league next year yeah if um if you'd like to get back into it i don't but... particularly enjoy it because i i suck and i i, I enjoy winning and I suck at fantasy. I pick based on yeah. vibe and players well, that I like from my childhood. So, you know, I'd have a team this year with Dirk Nowitzki and Dwayne Wade on it, and I'd be um, going very poorly. I guess if I picked up D-Rose, that would help my chances. One thing that I, I think just should happen is, come playoff time, it should be some sort of series or an extra long two-week Yeah, 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 because it's so... <laughs> the playoffs it's are just such a random... It's just so, so random. Like, in this league... Uh, I don't. No one has ever won two championships. It's been going for since 2013, and it's just like each year, just a different person wins. Okay, here's the playoffs, and it's just like luck of the draw, kind of random. Who doesn't get injured? Who has favorable matchups? I honestly don't think we could. You could give it a try, man. Send out an email and see how it goes. But we don't have enough like NBA mates to get involved in it. Okay, we'll give it a try, but um, I definitely won't rule myself out. But here's an idea for a fantasy league for 2000 next year. 
um, t- 2020. That's correct. 2020. That's amazing. Um, what if it was to end before the All-Star break? And I know that sounds crazy, but that's the only way to get it. So, like, the legitimate players aren't, like... Or a little bit... Uh, that was that was insane, but I mean, like, a little bit after the All-Star break, before the yeah, good teams feel, start yeah. winding down, because it's, like... Re- yeah. If, if you've got those players on your team, it is ridiculous how the fantasy playoffs always happen at the same time that um, uh, your your best players um, start winding down for the actual NBA playoffs, and it's very, very frustrating. Yeah. Extremely. Yeah. Um, I, so I'm not out. I'm not out. If you can put together a good league of good people, but um, it's very time-consuming and, uh, yeah, not fun. If you draft, if you draft badly, you're... It's a long investment in a bad team, and I draft badly by blowing out um, almost every year. Yeah, well, you just got to do a little bit of prep for the the draft. It's, it's crucial. Um, last week you had some hot takes about how shit Thanos was and it, and um, uh, Avengers, and I was getting a bit of FOMO today in the van driving back from work with everyone in the van being super excited about the new Avengers movie, and I, you you've probably seen it. Um, no, and I you, don't think it's out yet, is it? You understand my... No, no, you've seen the last one. You understand oh, my right. hatred of film. But you know when like something like Game of Thrones is happening and literally everyone is watching it, you feel like you're missing out. I yeah. feel like I'm missing out with uh, Avengers. Am I missing out? Yeah. I, Are you? Uh, yeah, Are you I'm asking, asking you. Oh, I, I can hardly remember what even happened in that last one. But it wasn't good. I watched, I watched Avengers, one of them, one of the first ones that came out, where it's Spider-Man and the Hulk and um, Samuel L. Jackson's got an eye patch, and it was some of the worst shit I've ever seen in my life. They're like, oh, we've got to yeah. save the world. And they're like, oh, no, it's a, it's an ultimate force we've got to fight. And they all fight in the world, and they have a big old fight, and they're like, yay, we won. It's pathetic. Yeah. Here's the superhero film. And the, the superheroes don't even match up. Like, how, I don't understand how they can exist in the same world. Like, it's the Marvel Universe. It's... A terrible universe with char- some characters who are um, giant, oh, big... The powers, the powers are, are crazy. Yeah. Like, there's one guy called Vision, <laughs> and he's like this unstoppable alien guy who like hovers around with like this big diamond in his forehead who just can seem to do anything. And then there's Scarlett Johansson, who's like just armed with a gun and can like hit people. He's <laughs> like kind of good at fighting. Softly and then there's like um, Jeremy, what's his name? And he's just Renner. like good with a bow and arrow. Jeremy Renner, he's just a guy with a bow and arrow. Yeah. <laughs> and it's he's like going against the Man, Hulk. Iron Man's launching fireballs out of his hands. Also, that suit flying. is that suit is this so painfully unrealistic. Arrows. Iron like, Man at least, makes James at least Bond look like a documentary. Switch your like. There's guns, bro. Yeah. Wake at least, up. At least get good with a gun. A bow and arrow. Get out of here. Like if you're reading a comic book, like on paper. It, the, all these things seem fun, and that's part of the culture. But like for a movie, I just yeah, I, I I'm glad you're hating on it because yeah, I don't know if I can go well, watch. Here's the here's the films that are worth watching. Number one over, well, okay, actually, I quite enjoyed Captain Marvel recently, and I felt like that was getting mixed reviews. But um, I will say this: the number one film, Marvel film, that's worth watching is, well, it's actually not Marvel, I don't think. It's Sony. Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, the animated Spider-Man film. I really That's, enjoyed that. Yeah, that was the film of I the year. F- I found it quite meta. I found that quite hard. Like, I love John Mulaney, possibly my favorite, uh, like, still-on-form comedian in the world at the moment. But Spidey Pig was horrific. Right. Um, and then the other live-action Marvel films... The Spider-Man Homecoming was fun, and I'm quite excited for the second one of those. But um, I think one of the reasons it was fun, the first um, Tom Holland Spider-Man film, was that it was not, the stakes weren't very high. Like, the issue that I don't love is how it's like, oh, is the world's going to end? There's these thousands of aliens coming down, and the, yeah. and then there's this huge battle where they like all smash up New York City or whatever. We're never going to do it. Oh, we did it. Yeah, we did it. And you know, watch this half-hour fight scene at the end. God, like, they're Spider-Man, so long. Spider-Man, there was like no stakes. It was like, oh, this bad guy's like trying to steal some weapons and yeah. sell them and make some money. 
and it's like and then you know this is there's so much more fun the weird had, thing is, is there's so many legitimate problems going on in the world i was just a superhero film would be educational like why can't they make it so it's kind of based on put some themes in there like misinformation or islamophobia i don't know maybe i'm i'm sounding like my mum commenting on movies now but i was like i don't know just put they're so moronic i wish they would put i guess they're that's the point of escapism but like mm. put something of substance in there put a bit of weight in there and that's i enjoyed how um into the spidey spider-man into the spideyverse the, the animated one with spidey pig in it 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 kind of touched on race race issues did it a little bit maybe i'm confused yeah, I thought it, no, I thought maybe it was the guy fun. was just black, and I just thought, oh well, that that ticks that box. But I I, I can't remember it well. He wears, Jordan, he, he wears Jordan ones in it. Yeah, I th- I thought that was product integration, and that annoyed me a little bit. But I, it still made me want to go get some of those Jordan ones. Although it seemed unrealistic <laughs> that that kid would own those sneakers because they're so rare and so expensive that I just can't believe that that kid who whose dad is a policeman is is owning like. I mean, maybe he bought them face value on the day they were released, but realistically, they're $1,000 shoes. I love that of all of the things in that, the thing you found most unrealistic was um, that he was wearing those Jordan 1s. Expensive shoes, yeah. Um, okay, uh, what else? Got any emails? I do. I, I was actually going to leave them because we've gone long enough and you've got somewhere to be, right? Uh, I've probably got time now. I was going to go to a show at 8.15. Okay, well, I'll leave the ones. Thank you to everyone who's emailed in, guyimportgmail.com. Um, thank you to everyone who's emailed in. Uh, we love you. Just a quick message from Michael Houston, old friend, who just said, um, uh, happy for you, Paul, on the magic making the playoffs. He said, my wife is from Orlando, so they are my team-in-law. Um, stoked. So it's nice to hear from Michael Houston. Yeah, awesome. He was in Chicago now. So that's Michael, I talked to if you're listening, I talked to um, Bob the other day. It was bloody great. Bloody great to hear from Bob. And uh Millie Mitchell Anion, um sorry if I'm saying your name wrong. Um uh she writes a very thoughtful email and it's lovely to have a female listener as well. She writes Kyoto Guy and Paul, long time listener, first time e- emailer. So we just had game one of the Magic vs. Raptors. Some might call it a shock upset. Can you please discuss? We've done that. Given the Raptors' past record and the magic surge in the win column, what are your predictions for the rest of the series? Well, we've had two games now. So after game one, I mean, things have obviously changed quite a lot because the, the series is now leveled. But, I mean, the magic are in... Is that, do you call that... Do they have home court advantage now? They kind of do, right? Unless it goes to game seven. They're looking... Yeah, we, we have three games at home. They have two more. Um, yeah. Of the remaining five, we've got three. So, yeah, I guess you could say that. Yeah. Um, what is your prediction? Magic and seven. That's what, you, that's what you've always been saying, and still Magic seven. My prediction is, honestly, I'm not just doing this to troll, troll Paul. I think Ooh. Raptors in uh, five. I think losing game one lit a fire under them that they have to go out there and just try. And, and, and as you said, it was interesting you talking about them being violent because I didn't see the start of the game. And if they came out to try and bully them, that's a common tactic in the NBA. I'm not saying I agree with it or support it, but like that's a common thing you do in, in the playoffs when you want to, you know, like like state state your claim or like mark your territory. And um, I, I can imagine the Raptors now, their main goal is not to win the championship. It's just to obliterate the magic to prove that they're not a complete embarrassment. And there's a lot for this team to do because... I mean, there's more than just having a decent game with Cole Lowry and beating the Magic. They've got to really, at, at, at worst, lose in the Western Conference Finals to the Bucks and any other team would kind of be unacceptable. So there's a lot of weight on them. But I think losing game one was quite helpful in terms of giving them um, some perspective. And the perspective is you've got to beat the shit out of the Magic in game three and game four. So I'm predicting Raptors in five. Cool. Um... She says, I hope your NBA allegiances doesn't d- divide the Williams-Farno during the heated playoff series. Oh, it's tearing us apart. Anything else to comment on that, Paul? No. Thanks okay. for the um, email, Millie. Guyimport.gmail.com if you want to contact us. She also says, P.S. I tweeted Paul when the season began about my fantasy team, stat with Magic players, but by the time he replied, I already divested myself of two-thirds of them. 
so never had the heart to reply. I came second out of 12 this year, though, on some other recommendations from Fantasy Forest. Oh, my God. Fantasy Forest was a positive thing. Millie. It works. um, Thank you so much for getting in touch because this is amazing. I wonder what, um, what moves they did from Fantasy Forest. Oh, there's so many good ones that you recommended. Well, I don't think I, yeah. Well, you actually did have a good f- point, and this has become more of my life philosophy. I saw it somewhere else as well. I like, it, it's good philosophy of the world. It was your idea of being like, it doesn't matter how high your roof is, which is what I always go for, shoot for the, swing for the fences. It's how low, it's how high your floor is. And, yeah, um, well, I was just talking more for the fantasy. I wasn't meaning that for everything. Well, I think that works for everything. It's like... No, I think there's times where high risk, high reward... Oh, totally, is, totally, is, totally, totally, totally. But in a lot of things, like high floor over high ceiling. I don't know. Well, because my theory is, is there are lots of injuries and stuff. And if you have, you know, you, pour, you poured all your money into two players or whatever, and they both get injured... You know, you're in trouble. Yeah, but also, just like, not being shit should be like the first priority. Like, not completely going out the ass end and then trying to get that floor as high as possible. This may be a bad analogy and may really offend some people, but I would say that about Wes Anderson. He's one of my favorite directors, and I don't want to disrespect him too much, but I don't think he's made any, like... I could be wrong here. Maybe I'm not thinking about it right, but I don't think any of his films are like legendary, like, Oscar-worthy... I mean, don't get me wrong, I'm sure they win Best Animation or something like that, but like, I don't think any of them are, like, all-time great films, but they're all great films, and I think there's something to be said for that, as, you know, like, as, as someone who makes content as opposed to trying to make the greatest thing of all time, just make being constantly excellent. I'm trying to think of a musician who might be like that as well, where they're not, like... They're not going to go down as the greatest band of all time, but they're constantly superb. I can't think of an example right now. But yeah. What do you think about that? That was a controversial Wes Anderson statement I made. I don't expect you to lash out at that. Or nah. Oh, yeah, I'm a big Wes Anderson fan. They're all great, and he's got he's like not, pioneered not a style out. that has been so copied in advertising and television and stuff since. But yeah. And fashion in general. But um, I like none of his films. I always give his films like a, a, a four and a half or a four star, like real solid. And I always recommend it to people. I haven't seen Isle of Dogs, though. Is Isle of Dogs good? Uh, I actually need to rewatch it because I only saw it once in the cinema and I was extremely sleepy. That's that, all I'll That's say. a common thread for you, eh? No. Um, but the high floor theory also came up in politics recently where it's like the judge of a society shouldn't be how high its ceiling is, a.k.a. America with all the billionaires. It should be how high the floor is, a.k.a how well you look after your worst, or not your worst, that sounds horrible, your poorest or, like, most uh, disenfranchised people. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so take that wise wisdom from the Fantasy Forest um, out. Thank you uh, to Michael Houston, and thank you to um, Millie um, for your lovely emails. We love you from the bottom of our hearts. Um, guyandpaul at gmail.com if you want to send in emails about the playoffs about hammocks about anything you want we love it that's all for this week uh, I've been Guy Williams I don't do that anymore you going to go fall asleep in a the movie theatre? No, I'm not going to the movies you got, I was just it was a bit of, I was just trying to yeah, do a bit off, of comedy but I do a bit of humour into the podcast in cinemas You're, I feel like you do it's, it's quite regular on your movie reviews now you're like I fell asleep Anyway. No, I don't often. Um, yeah. Uh, you got a show tonight? Melbourne Comedy Festival? I'm not doing one, but I'm going to shows. Oh, it's tonight your night off or something like that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, enjoy it, man. Have a lovely evening. Thanks. And uh, I can't wait to see you back in New Zealand soon so we can play some basketball and some soccer. Yeah, really keen. Later, everyone. Bye. Bye.
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.